1: Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for tuning back into the show. Um, this week's show is going to be a a little bit different than what I've been putting out lately. And that's because it's kind of a time capsule episode. Uh, now, you know, I've I've got my interviews and, you know, maybe the, the audio isn't going to be perfect every time, but, you know, um, I'm figuring it out and uh, how to get, you know, better quality and, um, how to do a little bit of post-production work, things like that. So this interview that I'm posting, um, the, the reason I'm posting it now and not in fall of 2017 when I recorded it is because the audio was a little bit spotty i didn't really know how to uh, make some corrections i made as many as i could uh... this week but I, I think just the way i recorded it at the time there, there wasn't a lot i could do with it uh, recorded it kind of sitting down in a, a noisy restaurant over brunch with you know maybe eight extra people around um, lots of conversations stuff like that so the audio is a little bit spotty it gets better uh, once you get maybe five or ten minutes in uh... some of the some of the settings start to equalize a little bit uh, but definitely stick with it because it's a really interesting interview uh, especially if you are Um, a body piercer especially if you're a body piercer more interested in um, you like niche and specialty work especially if you're more interested in fetish and kink culture uh, this is going to be a a pretty interesting interview for you if you're looking for you know talking about body piercing and body jewelry and what's going on in the modern industry you know this this week is going to be a little bit different for you so um, try to kind of step back you know from modern culture there's going to be a lot of terminology that you're going to hear uh, over and over and over again in the episode um, that you know sometimes people might be a little bit sensitive to so I, I can tell you right off the bat if you're uh, uncomfortable with uh, just the term dick being used over and over again this might not be a great episode for you uh, this episode is going to be with Chris Myers and Chris Myers is uh, a, an artisan of uh, chastity jewelry so, uh, you know, some people might refer to it as as dick cages, you know, so you're, you're going to hear kind of casual terminology. And, you know, I think that's a, a thing about body piercers who have been in the industry for a while uh, and and people that are, you know, related to the body piercing industry, you know, manufacturers, things like that. We're very desensitized and uh, I don't I don't see it as a, a negative, you know, like I don't see it as um you know we're we're joking around about stuff or we're you know being a little bit loose with terminology i think it's really just because you know we are really comfortable and really aware with the fact that everybody's got their thing and uh you know we're respectful of everybody's things and you know sometimes that just means that we get to have a good laugh about the extent that people will go to uh you know modify and and uh do different stuff with their their junk so this is definitely one of those casual conversations where you get uh, a table full of body piercers and uh, manufacturers and, and people who have seen it all and just you know kind of casual language talking about it uh i listened back through to make sure that there wasn't anything that would be offensive to people but you know if you do have kind of uh you know, sensitive ears uh, for just certain words, you know, this might not be a great episode for you. So uh, it's going to be, again, with Chris Myers, who um, owns and operates Steelworks. And uh, I think Steelworks Extreme would be the the main handle online website and Instagram and all that stuff. And uh, Chris was a, a, an early body jewelry manufacturer. So, you know, back in that, like, late 90s, early 2000s kind of BME era, um the body jewelry scene was so different than it is now now you have a lot of mass production you know you have like the mega mass production um like asian factories who are just kind of cranking stuff out with mystery metals and you know that would be referred to as typically the the lower end jewelry on the market but you also have um, some really high-end manufacturers who are Uh, you know, maybe struggling a little bit for the, the mass production kind of side of it, but they've definitely, like, hugely increased their production since the early 2000s, you know. So if you look at the companies who are just, like, killing it right now you know industrial strength and anatometal and and all these other companies um back in that time period late 90s early 2000s it was a a really different market you know way smaller production uh and you know some of the companies um decided to kind of move more into niche market rather than mass production so you know companies like um Leroy and, you know, Neo metal, you know, they, they really hugely stepped up their production. And you can see the, the body jewelry industry that we have today because of it. But there were also other companies that kind of moved in a different direction, and Steelworks was definitely one of them. Uh, you know, there were other names ar- around that time period steel skin and custom steel and, and stuff like that you know and steel works that was one of those companies where back in the bme days you'd know that if you wanted to get some really cool custom jewelry and like really custom jewelry not just asking for like a, a slight difference in what they're already manufacturing like if you wanted something built from scratch for something really specific you know um really large genital piercings or something that was you know for for a really unique piercing placement companies like Steelworks were the ones that you were going to to get that stuff handmade. Uh, Steelworks, uh, a Canadian company, and you'll, you'll hear through the interview that eventually Chris just kind of decided that, you know, he didn't really want to be that, like, mass-produced company, and he wanted to kind of go into more of a specialty market. So, um, Chastity Devices is really the the direction that he moved in. Uh, you know, I recognized the name Steelworks from, from back in the BME days, but, uh, you know, truth be told, I wasn't super familiar with their company. So, uh in the fall of, of 2017 um my friends Jesse and FX were doing a progressive mentorship class in Montreal and I decided you know I, I got a couple days off from work why don't I take a road trip uh, I went up with my goldsmith friend Audrey and we just kind of sat in on the progressive mentorship class and hung out in Montreal and then on the day that we were leaving uh, Jesse said, hey, you know, we're going to go out to brunch with my buddy Chris and, uh, you know, Chris runs Steelworks and I, I really want you to interview him for your show. And, you know, we're going to go and see the workshop a little bit and, uh, you know, you can check out uh, what he's making. And I was thinking like, oh, OK, you know, it's going to be like a specialty body jewelry manufacturer. And, you know, I was just amazed by the the level of craftsmanship that I got to see. Um, so these chastity devices you know if that's not your bag and you know if you're not familiar with like the, the you know the the palette of what's available in the, um, the you know the fetish and kink communities you might not be aware of what a chastity device even is you know let alone thinking about dick cages you know stuff like that so um, if you're interested you know kind of on your own time you can go ahead and google you can go to uh, you know the steelworks website steelworks extreme and you can see uh, you know some of the the different um, configurations and and options available but it's just really amazing you know so when it comes to the bedroom you know people want what they want and I stopped asking why a long long time ago so if people want a chastity device uh, you know I after seeing this craftsmanship I can't imagine anybody in the world being better at it you know some of these things are just amazing Uh, some of them are articulated and just the craftsmanship that goes into it is just like it's mind-blowing you know especially the precision Chris talks about people who fly in from the UK or Australia, you know, around the world to get these fittings. And it's, it's you know, it's measurements and things like that. And then he conceptualizes and then, um, you know, handcrafts these these amazing pieces of steel um, that perfectly fit people's anatomy and has all this like, functionality and all this biocompatibility to, you know, ha- to have wearable portions that would be worn through a Prince Albert piercing and, and all these different options. And it's it's amazing to see that level of craftsmanship. You know, I, I really respect uh, artisans who can close their eyes and imagine something, and then you know just bring it into the real world. You know, in the way that tattooers can can draw these amazing pieces of art. You know, and then I know all these different jewelers that can just make all this amazing stuff out of. You know, metals and gold and all, all this different stuff. And, and Steelworks was definitely uh, an experience for me. So this interview, is going to be a little bit mixed on the, the audio side of it. We're just kind of chatting over brunch. Um, Jesse handles a lot of the questions because as I said, I'm not super familiar with, with Steelworks, but it was fascinating to, to hear Chris's story and, and just learn a little bit about that world. So, um, you know, I'll be back to more piercing centric episodes in the, in the coming weeks, but this is a really, really good one if you're interested in that wider world of body expression, uh, body modification, body art, you know, and, and I think uh, the, the choices that people make for their own sexuality and, and however they want to express that is, is deeply tied to the concept of body modification and, and body art. So, you know, while Chris isn't making traditional, you know, air quotes, body jewelry, uh, he's making some some really amazing jewelry that's, uh, you know, very closely related to body art and a lot of times uh, incorporates different kinds of body modification and different kinds of body art. So it's really, really, it's just a fascinating conversation. Uh, I'm going to post some pictures that I took in the uh, the Steelworks workshop. That'll be on the, uh, the Piercing Wizard podcast uh, Facebook page. You can go ahead and check those out, and uh, just uh, enjoy listening. All right, just a couple of quick plugs before I start in on that interview. This is going to be officially your last chance. If you want to book a spot for that Glasgow, Scotland class, uh, Monday, February 25th, with myself and Jeff Saunders, you need to email me now, uh, ryanpba at gmail.com. I'm going to be closing the books for registration uh, within a few days of this uh, interview going live. So, you know, if you want to get to that class, please uh, get your registration in and we'll get that, that all set up. After that, I'm going to have uh, another class on let's see monday march 18th in the los angeles area uh... north hollywood that's going to be the understanding and applying freehand piercing techniques registration is open now that's going really strong i think i've got about twenty five people so far and uh... if it stays on track this might end up being my my biggest class yet so i would love to see um, as many people as possible out in la and i'm looking into my airbnb's and i think i found a nice one right on the venice beach uh, so I, I think it should be pretty pretty fun for a trip. Uh, I've got one more class locally for me. Uh, it's going to be uh Sunday, March 31st in Boston, and it's going to be part of the Boston Tattoo Convention. I'm going to be doing that class on nipple piercings. Uh if you are interested in any of these classes, you can go to precisionbodyarts.com/seminars, get all the info there, uh or you can go to the Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page, give that a liking, check out all the event pages. So, I'd love to see you at those classes, but for now, let's get into this week's interview with Chris Myers from Steelworks Extreme. Yeah. Pretend that's
2: not
3: right that. Oh, well, we yeah, can start from the point is. where I opened it in Montreal. We'll start from that point. Yeah, yeah. sure, whatever you want. You know, yeah, and give yeah, yourself yeah. like exactly. a
1: quick introduction. You know, hi, I'm X from X. You know.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, what I was, <laughs> what what was hoping for is because there's oh, no a okay. lot of people here, up and coming. You are really putting uh, me on the spot here. Yeah, I know. You're But up and coming, Pierce. He's from Australia. Did you even hear of Chris before? I knew a few because of BME. I don't know about being me, but Bruno was rating value when it was okay. okay. Steelworks, ah. and then he was said uh, you know nature. So there's a name for you, right? People do know you, yeah. A lot of the old timers do. So for yeah. anybody new listening, like who would be not familiar with maybe Steelworks or where the Steelworks name comes from? What do you do, and what's your name? Name's Chris. <laughs> Chris what?
3: Chris, Chris Myers. Myers. <laughs> And nobody now would have no me to have any connection to the body jewellery or piercing industry now whatsoever. No. Uh,
0: so where did it begin? It began okay. in Toronto but now you're in Montreal. In Toronto, We're sitting here in Montreal. And
3: then I moved to Montreal when I was 20 mm-hmm. and that's really kind of like the beginning of it.
0: You focused directly on I body jewellery at that time? Totally on
3: body jewellery. 100%. And wholesale. Okay. I mean, I was doing retail and wholesale but uh, I think when I moved here... I Had two employees right off the bat, almost immediately, because I had that. I had Pierre as the one big client, right? And he was at the time in Montreal, he was the guy to go to. He was yeah. huge, you know. He basically owned all of Montreal.
0: Now, for uh, body jewelry, was there anybody else doing body jewelry in Canada?
3: Yeah, there was, um, God, what's the name of that guy? I can't believe God, uh, you know, memory gets. Yeah yeah, you're old. You get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Using Gregory? No. No. His partner. What was his partner name? Stephen, Stephen? Stephen. Steven. His name was Steven. Symbiotech. Symbiotech, exactly. They okay. were also making piercing Jewelry in Canada. They were partners at the time, yep. Greg and Steven. And then Greg just I think he's still making jewelry now. Gregory is mm-hmm. yeah. some other name. I, I get the name. Um, Stephen yeah. I don't Infinite. think. He makes it or Infinite, or? yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and Stephen stopped. I think he totally, he totally stopped. Anyway, Great. so I think in Canada the only two people that were making piercing jewelry was they were making it, I was making it, and then the company that I left in Toronto was still making it. Okay, they were still making. But again, I can't. Remember. It's called like something canaries. I can't remember. It's some weird name.
0: Um, I'm assuming Tom Brazda was in there making jewelry. Tom too, was but making not jewelry. He was no, making, he was making mainly, for his clients. Yeah, he was mainly oh, making, I, I believe, just for his shop, right?
3: Or stainless also awesome. yeah. studios. He um, could have been wholesale, but I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, and then there was my buddy Dennis, who had DMT,
2: and he was making it as well. Thank you. You're welcome.
3: Um. So yeah, Dennis. Dennis and I were actually were really close. We were make, we had similar clients and stuff, and we were selling some of the same shops. Um, and he and I were the ones that were doing a lot of the crazy weird stuff. And Shannon, at the time, was sending us a lot of business. Yeah. Um,
0: and we both had. Uh, and when you say crazy weird stuff, are you, are we talking? Well, I'm like talking about doing like, like what like was crazy days. weird back then compared to what we're thinking crazy weird now. <laughs> yeah. Was that? A, I think there were phases of crazy weird. So yeah.
3: it started with Dennis and I, DMT and Steelworks.
2: Tree
3: X bacon over. We, oui. merci. From two sides of the country. Making a lot of, all the big gauge stuff. Okay. And specifically genital, you know?
0: So just large gauge genital stuff. Large gauge
3: stuff. genital stuff. And stuff that people just, a lot of people wouldn't make, like Again, what was the name of the company? Symbiotech? Yeah. Steven. Like his his specialty was setting stones. Mm-hmm. And like he did a lot of stone setting and he did really fine, really amazing work. He
4: had some really innovative designs as well. He had a
3: lot of in- Exactly, a lot of really innovative designs. Um, Tom as well, he was like Tom brought in a lot of like he lead. brought in LVM he and <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's like I'm my- John had really high standards. You know?
3: uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> I'll check, but if not- Although really. he was busy trying to you know, Today, blow us all away by making great. internally fitted 18-gauge jewelry that nobody gave a shit about. But, right. Uh, <laughs> right. On um, Skype. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I guess that's how it started. So, I was wholesaling to a, a lot of shops all over Canada.
0: So, you got snakes. known for doing all large cage, all genital work. A lot of the genital and work. And then went BME on. probably helped boost that. But well, did, didn't you? It, it boosted. It was what it put was, you on the map?
3: It was what put me on the map. BME, okay. BME. There was a like Stewart's gallery in BME, and it was just full of all these dudes. Yeah, just just crazy shit. <laughs> just dicks and pussies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Guys are much more inclined to mutilate their genitals than men. Women. I Come on, modify. Sorry, modify. <Mark. laughs> <laughs> 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 Although I, there's definitely some mutilation okay. here. <laughs> I remember one specific client, and I don't even I don't remember anything about him, but I remember the photo distinctly, and you couldn't even tell it was a kid. There was like, he had put like. Maybe a dozen really large gauge pieces of That's jewelry the brown into himself. Toast. And
2: Thank you. And basically, tied himself up piece, in knots yeah. with like okay. zero
3: gauge jewelry. Yeah. Like just, it just looked like this
1: bundle of like Something else? just chewed bubble gum with body jewelry. It? Body yeah. You perfect. couldn't make anything of it at all. Yeah. 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 There was that
4: client of Pierre too that inserted oh, so many beads. Oh, there was the him part too. Part yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was pushing thorns uh, under his skin. Like yeah, he was like really hardcore.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. He was the epitome of my client then, and he's probably the epitome of my client now.
0: Do <laughs> so you find your clients? with, You were saying that the, some of the extreme stuff back then—it's come in waves. You were saying. Yeah, so, well, because so I
3: was dealing with like all the like the stuff that nobody would make. Basically, I was the guy, the go-to myself and DMT were the guys. That, uh, go, we, we are the go-to guys for the stuff
0: nobody would make right you now. And you like that challenge? Uh, yeah. yeah. What's That's that? Jesse's fork, I guess. Oh, did I take your? <laughs> oh, of I was like, what are you looking at? <laughs> um, but yeah, you like that then, challenge, you wanted to…
3: Yeah, exactly. We all want to be young and innovative and trying to stay ahead of the game, you know? Okay,
0: it's an artist at work
4: were always at a, the first thing that would come to mind for anything that didn't exist or that other manufacturers yeah. would never to be interested in doing. I remember one of the first things that contacted you was, I think, for a half inch, one inch circular yeah. barber. God, no, I remember, no I remember making
3: those and how hard they were. Yeah. <laughs> no jewelry, oh okay. yeah. Yeah. They were, they were extremely
4: pricey, but at the same time, like, no other jewelry, nothing in the right oh, line. So no. That, I think
1: it was not me. <laughs> God. That's my familiarity with your, your company name, because it was always like on BME, is like, well, Steelworks you know, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: It's funny, I still get that now. Yeah. I get a lot of body jewelry requests still and I'm like, oh, I really mm. don't really want to do it. Right. Well. And I'm not even set up for it anymore. I got rid of most of my jigs and fixtures and mm. some of the smaller machinery that was specific to making piercing jewelry. Yeah. I don't really have it anymore. Yeah. So, so is, is it mostly intimidation yeah. kind <laughs> of stuff?
0: it's alright mostly like infibulation kind of stuff cages and things like that yeah what do you focus on now now it's all chastity and fetish and bondage yeah that's it that's, that's, it. It. that's it that's it more male clientele though. yeah but you know it's funny in the past year or so I've been getting a lot of female
3: oh yeah 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 so the ladies are catching on is it, are you is, marketing
0: anything yeah well
3: you know twitter helps a lot twitter does it's incredible how much really? twitter helps wow. I never hear that I kid you not. I get fifty percent of my business to Twitter. Really? <laughs> mm. So how do you generate business through that
1: platform? Like with pictures or just? You know, so just I, yeah, I don't referrals? like. I don't
3: tweet like. Oh, I'm polishing ring right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Every tweet I send out has a.
3: Photo. It's always like that. <laughs> yeah. So, and I know when my web guy first said me, "Oh, you should start social media." This, I'm like, oh god, really? Yeah. I thought it was just all underground. I don't know how to Instagram do that. No, like Twitter. I think it's got like six thousand followers on Twitter. Yeah. Which is not a lot, but for a niche business that's... Yeah, it definitely you know, is yeah. if you're that specific yeah. of a product. Right, you exactly,
1: know? you know. Because that could be like 50% of people in the world that are mm-hmm. interested in it.
3: So, and it, 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 it blows my away, actually, how often things get retweeted mm. rapidly. Right. Um, Especially some of the stuff you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the thing about Twitter, you <laughs> may or may not know, is that you can post anything on Twitter. Yeah. So Twitter is mm-hmm. kind of like the new BME part. You can put anything on Twitter. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, yeah, Instagram's not more PG right? Because PG yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. So oh,
3: I have no, an Instagram Facebook account Instagram? as well, but yeah. my Instagram account is quite tame. Right. In fact, I pushed the limits. A little, I think about a month or so ago, we Thank put a, we put a photo up, and I was like, okay, let's see if Instagram takes it down. And surprisingly, they didn't. What's
0: your Instagram handle on there? Is that just Steelworks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Steelworks Extreme. Steelworks Extreme. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's impressive. Where would you say most of your business comes from? Around the world would it be American. Mostly Canadian? the
3: states and Europe. Not a lot of Canadians at all. No. Very few. No. Yeah. I don't know what it is with Canadians. Too
0: nice. Too it's, nice. It's too cold. Too to wear a cage on their dick. <laughs> 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 you need to get heated no. cages. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> heated cages. That's next level. Oh yes flat changes. You know where the industry started to change a lot? Oh
3: yeah, when the whole like implants and uh, like implants and stuff and all that yeah. kind of came to be, you it's know? like the harder body modifications. Yeah, stuff. yeah, exactly. That was another big like, Whoop. you know, jump because like, <laughs> I went was that in the like, '90s.
2: Used to do a lot
3: of <laughs> yeah, did I ever
0: make transgirlls for you? Yeah. Would you say that was late '90s when you, you saw do you that jump? Um, (laughs) yeah, I guess late 90s, early 2000s, probably,
3: you know, Mm -hmm. I was making a lot of uh, trans for
0: Lucas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you still in touch with Lucas? Every once in a while
3: we shoot a message to each other, but again, he's still kind of in the industry, I think, a fair bit, and I'm quite removed, so. There is a parallel there because he's in the fetish scene. right? Quite intertwined with that.
0: Industry adjacent. Yeah. So, but weren't you yeah, making? There uh, there. So you also went into uh, designer jewelry at one time, did you not? Like making rings and yeah, things well, like when, that. Had a when a metal
3: and industrial strength got in the game, I was like, I'm done. Couldn't compete whatsoever. Okay. I'm done. That's and it was also the time when. There, the, this whole scene took a bit of a dip. It would have been like wow. 2003 maybe-ish? Somewhere around there? Like, I don't know, I find went to it. A a bit. It went to a funk, right? Around that time? So I was not, uh, you know, I went. I had like seven employees and went right down to like two. And,
0: uh, just decided at that point to stop making body jewelry? I had to. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't compete with an and an industrial strength. The, Right. You
3: know, Barry had put like thousands and thousands of dollars into an amazing, kick-ass setup, and uh, he was making wicked product. You just couldn't compete with it. It's just no oh, way. Right. You know. In Canada at that time, I started
4: distributing all. Yeah, exactly.
3: Right. So it was like I was like, okay, I'm yeah. in history right? now. We well, used
4: to have a Canadian
3: distributor. Yep. weird. And uh, so I had to change it up. So I, st- I went back into conventional jewelry. In non conventional materials like stainless and titanium. And funny, do you remember Custom Steel? Oh, I yeah. Mean, Pat? Pat Brew. Mm-hmm. Well, him and I both quit body jewelry at the same time and went in the same direction making conventional jewelry. Right. And uh, he's still stuck with it. He's making amazing stuff. Yeah, I keep up with it on social media. It's always just nuts. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. awesome. It's very innovative. Yeah. Um, him and I are still really tight. We actually just talked yeah. the other day for a couple hours. A um, guy. We share a lot of like technical, we nerd out. Great. Right. It's
0: <laughs> you know. nice to have that.
3: Yeah, no, we have a lot of common stuff there, you know, so, yeah, I stopped the, I stopped, I'm, I didn't stop, but I kind of trickled out and started doing the conventional stuff, but there's not many conventional jewelry, right? you just, you cannot compete with China because China just destroys everything, Yeah. you know? Like, everything. Yeah. And conventional jewelry, like, forget it. It's just impossible. I mean, I,
4: like, I see that a lot in my industry. Like, it's, like, locally manufactured, like, within the U.S., like, goldsmithing is pretty rare. It is. Yeah. And there is a very noticeable price difference between that and what you can get at, say, like, fucking paid jewelers. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Because it's also the you know like the way the labor is structured in yeah. the U.S. versus the way it is in China. Like, mm-hmm. Generally speaking, like shops in the U.S. will have their jewelers making things from start <laughs> to finish instead of assembly line type manufacturing.
3: Yeah, finish. exactly. Which you so get a better now.
4: product that way, but it takes longer.
0: Speaking of China then, have you found um, China impeding onto what you're doing now
3: even? Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Really?
0: Oh my god, there's like
3: knockoffs of everything. Complete replicas of my pieces already. Cheaper? What are the
0: websites? (laughs) (laughs) They're about twenty percent of the cost. Chinese dictation.com. Yeah. Steelworks. Spelled differently. Yeah. (laughs) Spelled correctly. Yes. I own it. Spell correctly
3: I you own know. it What? O-R-X? <O-R-S-2> I I <B-R-K-2> <O-R-K-2> yeah yeah I, I own the right the correct spelling <laughs>
0: But it was more extreme To be E-R Yeah exactly
3: Yeah yeah I mean China so They rest. catch on to everything right it's, it's as soon as they see where There's a market To make money um, And actually You know what's not funny I say China But honestly A lot of the math produced Shit Surgical grade Metals Come out of Pakistan Okay. Yeah, most of it. it even like your your hand tools. tools come. Yeah, you know, tools. Like the tools. All, they correct. all come out, out of Pakistan. Nearly
0: every tool that I've ever seen is in Pakistan. So it's Pakistan the yeah, yeah, right. Yeah,
3: I don't know what it is with the market there, but that's mainly mm-hmm. really where. The, you know, they work workers Even some of the you know even their their conditions are even worse than China sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but has it affected your business? Yeah. No, because the quality is like.
1: So and like I if imagine if people are tracking down like an item like it. that, they're not going to want to get the bargain bin version of it. Right. They're going to want to get the top-of-the-line version.
3: And of if they do want
0: the bargain bin, they'll never buy from me. Ever. Right. It's just the same right. with you guys, right? Yeah. Like, But I feel like people have to learn about well, him, too. They might yeah. not even know that he exists. Uh, right. I, th- I think that yeah.
4: just like Buddy Jewelry, there's yeah. people that are going to try to cheap stuff and exactly. figure out by themselves how, how bad it is. So I, I had a of mine, maybe a, a year or two ago, not even a year ago, that came to me and he was trying to sell a bunch of uh, Prince ones that he bought on the internet that were yeah. comfortable, built fitting and stuff like that and had like three or four of them. He was trying to get rid of them so he could afford one of yours and I had to tell him that you are not making them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. He was heartbroken and was like, no, I don't want to wear those though, but like, who can make me a proper one? So you're not yeah.
0: making ones? Yeah.
3: Did know, you know about like. Still I, guess about,
4: anyway? I could still like
3: and... no, but I I could still do like little parts and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't want to. I just don't want to make them. As far as the world's concerned, I don't want to make them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess about three years ago I said that's it. I'm not making ones anymore either. I don't want to make them anymore. That's that very. Nice. I don't want to say that I can't. It's a very specific type kind of clientele. You just Ooh, yeah. put it that way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very special Gotcha. And. I mean, not to be arrogant, but like, I got to the place now where I don't, you don't really have to. Oh right. no, like, great. that's what everybody wants, yep. right? You get. Mm.
4: You want a niche in your niche? Mm. It works.
0: Exactly. Walk me through a day in Steelworks right now. What are you doing? Making one, like, you in the focus morning, on one client. Open the, the computer,
3: computer, see a dick pic. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Good start to the day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All these dicks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, by the way, though, it might not even, in fact, it might not even be in my computer. It might be texted to me. Okay. Because have my clients text me. Right. Or it might be sent to me via Twitter. Yeah. In fact, I bet if I open up my Twitter right now, because I, well, I just yeah, requested a photo. New dick pic. Because a client just received. A, a client just received. One of your. One of my cages. And yeah, he's, like, ultimately rare he's, he's like. He's gleaming. He's like. Yep, look at that dick. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I was like, no, because I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? But I just realized because he had his dick tattooed. Oh, oh okay. You're like, okay. Maybe it's too tight. Okay, so you, this, this is actually, this is actually it's actually pretty. It's pretty applicable because I'm sitting here with you guys because this cage is the first cage I've ever made that integrates a transvaginal piercing. Whoa! Cool. Yeah,
0: nice. That's impressive. Wow. It's a terrible photo. But I hope, I hope
3: he sends you me a better it. one. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
3: Wow. He's Oof. blue because he actually had himself tattooed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: yeah. like maybe I made the dimensions wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah it fits them pretty well I'm pretty stoked it fits them really well so how do you go about the fitting stage if you're, uh, these clients are contacting you from across the world so he's in England and he flew to Montreal to get measured wow really wow. yeah so these guys like, send castings like of everything that, that you do No,
3: I don't. Um, what I do do though is I take measurements. I get clients to send me measurements kidding? on the some, um, some of the really yes. high-end pages. Yeah. are you so sure? Yeah. yeah. For, like <laughs> over 5 grand. Right.
2: Same for you um, the jet? I'm also. You're done yet? Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Thank
3: you. they'll send me their measurements? Right. I'll do a drawing of what they're okay, getting, and I'll 3D print out. it. it and then I'll send yeah. a 3D print to the client Yeah,
0: see if so so it fits. That's so much nicer now. Yeah, it's amazing. Because <laughs> I'm assuming there yeah. would have been a lot more difficult back in the day. Like how would you do that measurement? Well, that, that only applies on, to like, like some what? of the really high-end cages, the cages that are like really
3: anatomical and
4: stuff. Are you yes, yes. It was great. Uh, it was just thanks. very ample. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
3: That technology changes up to yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, it's amazing.
1: That sounds like a great service though, because I mean if you're if you're buying a premium product, just the fact that you can be like, Oh hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna print something, I'm gonna send it over to you, like that's mm-hmm. great customer service. Yeah, it's really Are you
4: printing yeah. in wax or in the... Dell? Uh,
3: it's a printed ad- <clears throat> I don't actually do the prints in my shop, I have somebody who does it but I'll show you a print when we get to the shop, but it's like a nylon type thing. It oh, comes okay. off a coil when it gets printed. It's not wearable. It's not like so. Is the thing biocompatible like, by any means? You know? Yeah. But it's good for short term. Like try it on, make sure it fits. You know, yeah, just for sizing. Yeah.
4: So it's in a mold made and it's cast.
3: Is it a? Oh, from that you mean? Yeah. No, the 3D print yeah. is an exact replica of what will be machined.
4: Oh, okay. Cool.
3: You literally take the same drawing and yeah, you just basically program off cool. that drawing.
1: Machine by hand or machine by CNC?
0: Machine by CNC. Yep.
3: Yeah, exactly. Have you
4: considered getting a cast from the 3D printing?
3: It would be absolutely unwearable. Yeah. <laughs> 3D printing is too porous.
4: And steel is really porous anyway. And steel is pretty nice. porous as yeah. well,
3: right? So we, I mean, when I make something, 50% of what goes into it is polishing yeah. to get rid of the porosity. Do
4: you have a laser welder to fill pits and stuff?
3: I have a micro TIG welder.
4: Oh okay. Did yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <Close> um, <laughs> yeah, similar, very similar <laughs> <clears throat> technology. Yeah, but the three D printing thing, overall, like three D printing, three d printing metal and plastics and stuff. The only three D prints that I've seen that are actually like bio friendly and actually really good quality are dental prints.
0: They're really expensive. <laughs> so you outsource for that? I outsource for that.
3: The shop is already too small. Right.
1: They <laughs> don't have enough room for a 3 printer. Mm-hmm. What kind of turnaround is it on a piece like that? Because it sounds really labor intensive.
3: Most pieces that are non standard, I do have standard ones, standard's like six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones can be like 10, 12 weeks ish yeah. Yeah. in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It also depends on the
0: client too, right? Yeah. The communication and if we have to tweak stuff and go back and forth. Right. So do you have a base price for one and then add on from there? Or can I just like get a quote from you online and you would know Um, how long this piece is gonna take and judge accordingly?
3: Yeah. I mean generally. I mean this guy let's use this guy as an example. I I gave him a ballpark. I said that piece is gonna probably I have my base, which is the base cage. Right. And then everything I built onto it from there, which was the transcrotal part and but I'd never done the transcrotal, so I'm like, right. how, do how you long is it going to take that? me? Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I got to, it's like painting a painting. I don't know the direction I'm right. going, right? So yeah. I'm just going to start making it and see where I end up. And sometimes I'll make something and, you know, I'll spend 10, 15 hours making And I'll be like, that's oh, crap shit. It. I'm scrapping it. I'm not, I'm not sending that out, you know? And that doesn't go on the client. It goes on me, right? Right. I'm just not happy with it. Because right. I'm a real and I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that piece, I think I gave him a ballpark of uh, maybe four grand, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, give or take, it could go up, say, maybe 10 to 15%. Okay. Usually that's what I say. So I give him a pretty accurate yeah. quote. You know? Yeah. Um, and in some cases, like that guy, I put in a whole bunch of work and did a bunch of stuff and said, okay, well, I'm not particularly happy with this, but that's all free. If you want to use it, go ahead. Like, I made them all these stretching pieces. Yeah. some of them I wasn't really happy with, but I was like, just, they're not, I'm not charging you for them.
0: Find like the price scares anybody away, or is it oh, just fuck for, yeah. oh, all, yeah. all the time? <laughs> all the time. So so are they asking to... for like a, some two hundred dollar thing, or? Something? Well, I'm assuming mm. cages <laughs> from China are what three hundred bucks, quarter bucks,
3: fifty like bucks. The... I've 50 seen bucks.
0: I've seen copies of my cages for fifty bucks. Wow. From the, what's that
3: website called?
0: Uh, Alibaba. Steel.
3: Yeah, Wars. like that kind of yeah. thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like fifty bucks. Oh, wow. buy ten of them for two hundred dollars. And then they'll yeah. rust
1: on you, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Take them off.
3: And then some of these pieces have like. Urethral inserts, you know, out of like mystery metal. Mystery metal. Oh, okay. Urethral inserts. Yeah. This is scary. Yeah. That's really frightening. Yeah.
2: yeah. And a
3: lot of them too. Yeah. This is where I think I have a one-up. These three. Being in the industry for as long as yeah. I have, a lot of the companies now are trying to integrate piercing into their chastity devices. But Basically, none of them. Not to sound arrogant, but none of them have any history or knowledge of the piercing Right, one, right, you know. Yeah.
1: Right. Because I'm sure they could think like you know, oh, there's a, a barbell or a ring we can clip it onto it, but if it's not perfectly sized, exactly, and, yeah, yeah,
3: right. and not even like sometimes when I see piercing integration with the pieces, I'm like, piercing doesn't work that way. What are you What are you thinking? Mm. Like, I saw a picture of a cage the other day. <sighs> It was a kind of a copy of my, one of my cages that integrates a PA. Ooh. The piercing was coming out of the side of the cage. On one side, just one side, coming of the other side. Pulled <laughs> it over and yeah. it. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't work that way. Yes, you can't yes. stick yes. your dick in the just cage and turn
0: <laughs> it like this. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried Yeah, exactly, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. So would you say you're continuing to grow or not? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Your wife's now working for you? Or with, with you, me. With you. Yes. <laughs> You're working for your wife now. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> haven't I kind of always? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you always have. <laughs> it's been 20
0: but she's years, part of the so. business now, but she's been with you forever throughout this business. Yeah, she's been with me since
3: day one, right. so pretty much. And uh, she's now, she's always been somewhat of an integral part of the business removed. Right. And now she's in it. And
0: uh, it's grown. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's like, it's totally. But you have kids too. Having yeah, two Two kids, kids. (laughs) and they don't know anything about this business. Actually, funny you ask. (laughs)
4: Yeah, you finally
0: broke into it. Wow,
3: my daughter's twelve. Find something. (laughs) No, but this is the thing. So, so now that my wife and I work together, we do talk about work at home, but we choose our words, you know. And uh, we are talking about Instagram and Twitter and stuff, and my daughter's there, and she's twelve. She's like, oh, wow, Dad, that's so cool. You have an Instagram account for your company. I said to my wife, I'm like, oh, my God. You got to go talk to her now. I'm not having this conversation with her. You know, like, it's time. Please go talk to her. So they went out for, like, a uh, a girl's day. She's like, you know, I think it's time you know what Daddy does for a living. She's like, well, I know. He's a jeweler. Which, of course, has been the cover for years, you know. And uh, my wife's like... Yeah, but he only makes jewelry for dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, she thought that was pretty weird. Right. But you know, like, it's she is well. the product of us. Right. She's already exposed to. You know, like, we're, we're both tattooed, and, okay, I'll be enough Pierce, but mm-hmm. we're both tattooed, and, you know, half her friends are gay, and we have trans friends, and, like, you know, she's already exposed is, to yeah. so much yeah. that she, you know, the average kid yeah. isn't exposed She's not to
1: protected it. from how real life works. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So, she accepted it. She was really, like, pretty cool about it, you know? I was like, you know, I wouldn't go screaming off rooftops. But right. She keeps it on the down low, and sometimes we'll make a joke, like, We'll be in the car and she's like, go Oh, how's your work? I'm like, Oh, you know, made a lot of dick
0: during
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> good that you they can have that kind of rapport, though, instead of having to sweep it under the rug and be like, Oh, exactly. you know, daddy made some steel mystery <laughs> things. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Are yeah. you sure? Yeah, sorry, yes, I, I meant sure. to
3: so, Yeah, yeah. and, uh, but I don't tell her. She knows nothing about the fetish side. She knows nothing about the chastity right. side. Right. Like, I mean, there's some things that you that. don't need to explain to a child. She's 12 years old. She does right. not need to know that. Right. Yeah. She's on your
0: Instagram anyway. She'll find her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how they learn. God. You know, actually, she's a slight. She's, you know, they... It's a private account, I hope. I uh, it. No. Okay. <laughs> it's a public account. <laughs> it's a public account. You know, okay. but she's somewhat prudish. Yeah. So... Like she wouldn't swear. She's right, right. very like unlike my son, who's a total punk ass. Okay, and your son's how old? He's eight. He's eight. eight. So he doesn't yet. know anything yet. He doesn't know anything yet, and <laughs> I'm surprised that he, he hasn't clued he's in. To be honest, like
3: he's, he's, a, he's a little boy, you know. He's like. Right. Dick 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 uh,
4: dick. I feel like it would have been a long stretch for <laughs> me to go from dick dick, to dick page. Yeah, but there's
3: other things. Like here's the thing, like the kids come to the shop, right? And you'll see, like, in the shop, there's not like things aren't totally hidden in the shop. Like yeah. it's very like I imagine there's a lot of phallic things. There's literally the first thing you see when you come to my shop on the wall is a bat in the shape of a dick. Okay. <laughs> a bat, think. a baseball bat. that's a dick.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, you know, it's the, the gonna love Kids in their pure minds, they just overlook <laughs> things, right? They right. just look. I'm just so
4: excited, past
0: excited now. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like dicks. <laughs> did you grab my yeah, breakfast? Yeah, yeah, got it. That's good. Thanks, dude. You're
4: welcome. See, if you, if you had more room on your oh, eyes, you could it, get a it, portrait it, of Chris's shop. Yeah, whole <laughs> thing. I still got
1: the back of my thigh. <laughs> so, if people want to find your work, uh, what would your website be?
3: SteelworksExtreme.com. SteelworksExtreme.com with an e. With an e. Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cool work. Yeah, yeah. spell everyone. the cool Steelwork way. SteelworksExtreme.com. <laughs> <laughs> the German yeah. way. <laughs> also the Dutch way. Yeah, and also the Dutch way. Yes,
1: exactly. No, I'm really excited to see your show Yeah,
3: yeah. it's it's small. It's yeah, but small. I mean. That's the other thing too.
0: If yeah, you, you've been to all my shops, right? I've been to all your <laughs> shops. Like the, <laughs> the bumper sticker. Thing. The one I remember the most was the, you had that storefront.
3: At the storefront. Yeah, the storefront. you ever go to the, the basement one on, in the, the village? On Billray, right? No, I don't. No. So I had a shop on. Mm-hmm. I had a, when I first opened. I was in an apartment.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Awesome apartment, actually. My polishing room was in the basement in a vault. Well, yeah, like behind like a big like iron door. So cool. ventilation, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I was totally like I was twenty and killing myself, you know. Um, and then from there, I opened a show. I had a studio in Saint Laurent, again like, like a loft space, you know. Yeah. And then I was in La Chair. Did you ever see the place in La Chair? No, I don't think I saw that one. That was in no. the, that was my biggest shop. It was sixteen hundred square feet, wow. massive, big garage doors. and seven employees working full time. No that it wasn't was the the,
4: the awesome. red trunk, right?
3: No, that was Vilray. No, Vilray, yeah. I painted the door, so that Vilray. So La Dolce wasn't a store; it was still technically a studio yeah. space. Right. And and then then, you then, moved then I moved to Vilray and I had a shop, mm-hmm. which was you know that was when I started doing conventional jewelry. And yeah. it was Like, but it was still at the end of the kinky stuff was paying the bills.
0: Kinky.
4: It was stuff still was... about ten times the size of your studio
3: yeah, it was definitely
0: much bigger. Like I had the whole main floor and a whole basement.
4: Oh I didn't even know
0: about this. Yeah. Yeah, I remember walking yeah. down there. Someone was polishing Amber, maybe? Was it Amber? Yeah, she was Amber on was TV. Crazy. And stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I Amber just
3: remember being like cool.
2: hey. What yeah, she's doing? wild. She's, yeah, she's pretty
0: wild. <laughs> she was pretty wild.
3: She was super punk rock. <laughs> she was so punk rock that she quit her job to squat. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she quit. She went to.
3: She moved to. Uh, was it New Orleans? Was it New Orleans? No, uh, uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I'm so bad. Whatever. wherever Like was totally wiped out. In, like 2005. Yeah, New Orleans area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she like quit her job. Just squat. To squat. Really? Yeah. yeah. And to become a full blown like punk rock kid, she wanted to
0: punk full time.
3: She wanted to punk full time. So yeah. <laughs> Being yeah. punk is a full time job. Exactly. Yeah. Um and then I moved home. That's when I that's when I was like it was like a total transition. I was working alone and that's when I decided to leave the city and I moved my business to my to my house.
0: Where? Here? Oh, in Montreal? Yeah, yeah
3: yeah. 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 But that's I sold the house in the city, I closed the store, and I moved everything to the South Shore. And I worked out of my house and I lasted three years and I went fucking it. When you were making
1: the chastity pieces or when you were still making body jewelry?
3: No, I was just doing the chastity pieces. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because so I was doing an internet Pretty much exclusively internet only business, mm-hmm. and I wasn't meeting a lot of clients in person. Right. But when I did meet them in person, I met them at Mo. Okay. For that short period
0: as well. Pat let me in. And yeah, exactly. That was your workspace. Mean your I mean, my, my meeting space. Because uh, you can't meet them at Starbucks and do these things. No, you no, know, I can't,
3: can't ask people to put their balls in my hand at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Starbucks is. So prudish. It's so
3: prudish, yeah. So, Tim Hortons uh, would have let you. Yeah, so, <laughs> real Canadians. So. But this space now is the best, hands down, best space I've ever had, ever. Twenty years. It's amazing sure. yeah, like, that you have a place there. Yeah, it's really like awesome, it. you know. So now clients come from. I had a client uh, this year that came all the way from Australia.
1: That's a yeah. A yeah, that's that's a trek. For just measurements, though, because just for like measurements. A, several week process to make a piece. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, wow. So, oh, you know, his piece was super complex. Yeah. Really, really complex.
0: So do you build relationships with these people or do they expect a relationship afterwards? Do uh, they expect a you into lesson, like Which I'm sure you skin? guys probably have, can relate to that question yeah. yeah. a lot, right?
3: right. So we're like built-in therapists. Yeah. Right. You know? So they <laughs> must,
0: yeah. Because you're a connection with them
3: now. Totally. And some of them I've become really good friends with and I know all of their intimate dirt. Like, crazy amounts, because they open up like a book like just because they can't a lot of them are super conservative corporate you know people and living you know normal lives kids whatever you know and they can't open up about all their perverted shit and they're like, oh wait, you're like totally normal, I'm just going to tell you everything. Mm. And then some. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'd imagine, yeah, you create an intimate relationship when you're yeah. like cuffing someone's balls and measuring their dick. Yeah,
0: so. It's
4: exactly. kind of like yeah. when you're lining up for a piercing on someone's dick. Right. Right. Totally. Like, yeah, They'll tell you anything. Right. You anything. right. 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 Totally.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you've created some of these bonds that you're happy with. Oh I've friends? met
3: I've like no, I got some really good friends yeah. that I've met in this industry, like a lot of
0: really good friends. Yeah. It's, uh,
3: and then yeah, there's some that like you mentioned that want to have friendships, and you're like, you to, well, you're, giving line, you're giving a line, you're giving know? out your,
0: te- your cell phone, and you're, you're yeah, texting yeah, yeah. me this, and I can just picture you being stalked somehow. Oh, I've been stalked. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. I was stalked just last. I disclosed to calling the cops really? on somebody not too long ago. Ooh. Yeah. It's tough, because he was in the States and I was here, but right. he was really, really close. But he was he was talking to me so much, he followed me to Germany. Wow.
0: What?
2: hmm
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he, he showed up. I, every year, I go to San Francisco for Folsom Fair. I don't know if anybody even knows what that is. Is it Folsom, Folsom Fair? It's a fetish? It's a fetish event. It's an AIDS awareness event. It started as an AIDS awareness event. It still is, but it's really a fetish event. I think it's a one-day event in San Francisco that attracts like half a million people for one day. Wow. It's
0: insane. Um, so do you go there? Are you talking to promote your business, or are you well, I go there kind of handle, it,
3: but it's kind of like a meeting point. You know, it's like it's like uh, it's like an ATP like conference yeah. kind of thing. You know, where everyone okay, yeah. perverts just come together, and you know, and then oh, I end no, up getting perverts. business out of it. You know, yeah, I could just exactly. just for people passing through. And, oh, Stewart's <laughs> criticism in town. Like I can get measured and stuff. You know. Um, but I also do, uh, I work with a video company there that we do, like, bondage porn, mm-hmm. essentially bondage porn, yep. you know, and and then and educational fetish stuff as right. well, you know. And uh, this guy knew where the studio was, and I was in the middle of shooting, and he showed up. He knew I was going to be in town shooting with them, and he just showed up, and he had to be escorted out of the building.
1: Wow. Yeah. What was his goal? Was he just trying to be close to you, or did he want to... He wanted. A, he, he,
3: I, I sold him products, yeah. and he wanted to have that friendship. But mm. he wanted to buy more. Mm. But he was a nightmare client. He was okay. one of those clients that was just. He went way beyond. He stepped over the line like big time. And his demands. He's just one of those. I'm sure you guys have like clients you just can't make happy. Oh yeah, you we've know, so yeah. all. <coughs> all of clients yeah. you just yeah. can't Some make happy people are not worrying
4: the amount Totally yeah. right,
3: and not and, and like. T- this guy wanted to give me thousands upon thousands of dollars to make him do stuff. And I was like, you are not worth the money. Like, yeah. no way. I think we've I've all had done. those clients right. who just,
1: yeah. they're so
0: meticulous that it's just totally. not viable to work with them anymore. Totally. Yeah. You
3: know? And I, I told him that. And he just he just couldn't... I i told him that in the kindest way possible. then Yeah, the Canadian way. <laughs> and then eventually I was like,
4: listen, motherfucker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it'd be tough, too, if you don't have, like, five other people we can be like okay go to talk to A, B, or C for this That's like totally. incredibly specialty product yeah. totally right because
0: I pawn my stuff that I don't want to do to Lee all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, man. And I pawn it back to Daniel yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pass it around. It. <laughs> you've had and some crazies yeah, some, some, some good yeah. but
3: I had actually I ended up he stepped off because I, I was like it, when he showed up I had a booth in Germany
0: I did this fetish conference type thing and like I had a, a booth. A Germany fetish show compared to <laughs> anywhere else. I oh, mean, my I, God.
3: imagine. It's, so it's insane. That's a you, you would never... I walked into this, uh, this uh, stadium, whatever, like, conference area where I was, and I walked in and I was like, holy shit, you would never see this in North America, yeah. ever. This is like, only Germans can keep this alive. Like, this is we're talking like a, of <laughs> <dildos>. <laughs> no like more like extreme stuff like not like sure, yeah, sure like extreme. generic like vanilla sex toys but no we're talking extreme extreme like you know there was like a booth that was dedicated only to straitjackets and like you know tons of like rubber stuff and leather stuff and whips and everything you can think of you know yeah. so it was an amazing place what you're saying amazing totally amazing bro. the Germans they, they really have a passion for quality and Craftsmanship. So that was the other thing that really impressed me. Because you would, another thing you wouldn't see in North America, I would say 90% of the people selling at that convention, and there's probably at least 100 booths, um, were guys like that. Hey. Right. You know, like small companies selling a craft, you know, artisan, artisan type product, cool. you know. Uh, even on like a larger scale, but still not mass produced shit. Yeah. You know?
1: Whereas, you know, There's not enough of that anymore because no, really it's, the same, it's the same thing. Everybody gets their junk from China. You know, Everybody. like they don't go to someone who's like an expert or crafting it. Like, from what's the APP like?
3: I mean, how
1: many
0: vendors? Or are we talking?
3: Vendors. Like, there's a lot of vendors there, right? Oh, yeah. And is it. Well, I guess at APP, that's a little bit different, right? It's, not really. I mean, we're not.
1: Ones. We don't try to exclude anyone. So we okay. we do have companies that are that are selling Chinese manufactured jewelry. and It's practically you walk by with a scoop and just you know. Really? We, but we is had,
3: it shit? Is it like? Well, yeah,
1: you know, I, I oh, don't want yeah, to. Yeah. Really, okay. No, 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 no exactly. <laughs> But uh, you know, they don't they don't get a lot of business. You know, compared to right. the quality yeah, yeah. companies. Exactly. Know, and every year there's fewer, there. and fewer and fewer
0: of those that companies. That might be a learning experience for them as well. Right. Taking their stuff there, and right. Seeing that no one is. I would,
1: I would yeah. think that they would see it as like, okay, oh, well, we need to step up our game, exactly. and but they don't do that. Now it's like, oh, well, let's not bother going to APP. Let's just put an ad in a magazine. Like right. that's right. that's their rationale. Do
0: you know what I found the awesome thing about that was? I could because like a lot of it is jewelry that mimics the jewelry that we use. Right. It's just mass-produced in china, yeah. And yeah. Then it's not as good. So I could actually hands-on look at that jewelry mm-hmm. and see the difference. So that when I talk to my clients, I'm like, this, like. Polish and shit. Yeah. You know, the yeah. settings is very, uh, very nice. I saw it with my own eyes and yeah. felt it with my own hands. When I went over oh. to Japan, they had all
1: these fashion stores in this this one district and they had all these posters and they were exact replicas of BVLA pieces, but just like shitty castings from, from China. It's mm. crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: mm.
2: really. Tell me a memorable That's...
0: story of Steelworks or client or secret client. No names just anything that stands out in your mind <laughs> you sent me a picture secret, actually recently too. secret clients no, no no not secret clients necessarily i'm sure you have clients that obviously you would never expect to you know, be getting what they're doing maybe maybe oh famous people or there might be politicians what actually my What's most it?
3: famous client is a completely open and he doesn't care at all yeah yeah Clive barker yeah
1: yeah he's like he's like yeah yeah I'm Did point. you make him, like, some crazy Cenobite Oh, thing? man, I made him, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made him one of the
3: coolest cages yeah. I've ever made. Wow. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. super evil-looking, crazy cool cage.
1: Mm. <laughs> for
0: those people that don't know who Clive Parker is, everybody knows who Clive Parker is. Okay,
3: you know, okay, okay, a lot of people. If, you ever, if you've
1: ever heard of the well, film Hellraiser, Hellraiser. Yeah. that's Clyde Parker. Yeah.
0: And you're friends with him?
3: I'm friends with him, and I'm super close with his boyfriend. So, in fact, my travel every year to Folsom Fair is to go with his boyfriend. Yeah. It's our annual trip. So.
1: Um, he drew a scarification piece for me. Did to he? To do once. Yeah, at uh, yeah. Scar Wars in L.A. Oh, right. oh, my yeah. client had a... a he, he he was, you know, chatty with him at uh, conventions and things like that. And he's like, yeah. hey, I want to get a scarification piece. And Clive just... Jotted something out oh, for him. Man, and he's like, here you go. He's amazing. He's someone. really like... Sorry? Which one was that? It was like a strange eye- eyeball thing. I don't right. really describe it, but it was it was just cool, That's pretty you know? That he'd be willing to just kind of throw something together for someone yep. and then I got to carve it into him.
3: Yeah, he's really like, he's just a... a that guy's brain is just, just hmm. amazing. He's yeah. super, super cool. It's funny because I, I went to my... I went to the state of his house with the kids, you know? Hmm. And him and, and Clive and my son were like draw, drawing pinhead together yeah
1: <laughs> it be <laughs> great if like cool. the doorbells of his house was like the the box and you had
3: <laughs> you know it's funny that his house is his house is super tame it's not like the yeah. only thing is I call it the house of dicks because there's like dick drawings everywhere
0: yeah <laughs> so I don't know so what I'm about that magic historian. piece is there a piece that like stands out to you that you've made over others well like that piece that, that's definitely a good example that's mm. one of my pride and joy pieces for sure yeah um, you were just making something innovative know. recently that you sent me a picture of with the shock collar.
3: Oh God, yeah, that thing, man. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, I don't know if I'm necessarily proud of that piece, but it definitely <laughs> stood out. Yeah. That's like, I mean, I yeah, I deal with them, man. I deal with some extreme clients, and when that client came to me and asked me to make that piece, I was like, Holy shit. So What did you ask? Nuts. How did he have,
0: how, how did that email come through? You must go through some emails, and they're like, Yes, I'm doing
4: this. Oh yeah,
0: well, actually, it's funny. Yeah, totally. In fact just the other day my wife was responding to
3: emails and she sometimes she reads she them. them well no she, but she'll she'll read them off to me and like she's still like working on the technical side of things you know and she's like yeah this guy I, his wife has two gauge lady appearances and I was like holy shit email him back and say you're super stoked to start making him something because yeah. I I don't get to work with that type of you know two gauge lady appearances right. so those don't come, on, come around too often right, you know right, yeah. so I was like oh I can make something really cool for Ooh. that you know but yeah, the guy with his nut thing. Oh, my God. So it was a, it was a dog shock collar. And like, he won. So he was—he wanted me to make this strap that attached to the bottom of his balls that held the, the little block, the shocker block, right to the bottom of his testicles. So you can only imagine, like, instant knee droppers. Just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's why I said that to you, like... Have your head around this one. You let me sit on it all day. I'm like, what? You, <laughs> you send me the f- piece in the morning,
0: and I'll send you another photo at the end of the day. Like, I'll all right, the just sent you the picture you just of the shocker. The shocker. I'm like, what are you doing with this? You're like, just wrap your head around this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm like, this will be fun. When Jesse
4: showed me that, I think I dropped my knees. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Pretty
3: hardcore.
0: Has there been anything that you've been like sent a request and you're like, that is too fucked up, like? Too, huh. far.
4: It's too far yeah. too far Chris likes the
3: too so. far <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I reject things you know I, just because
1: of complexity or well no. I imagine you don't get shocked anymore so I don't it's, really get it's shocked. More just, at just all. that's not logistically like oh my it's, it's pretty
3: hard to shock me yeah although I don't like seeing photos of many things mm-hmm. I'm have a pretty weak stomach for that but have you uh, tried a dog collar? Have I have I personally tried it? No. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah, no, nothing really like I, would, I refuse to make anything permanent. People ask for permanence. I'm like like break off screws, so it's installed and the screw breaks off. So like I won't make that the man an <coughs> iron
1: mask, but a dick. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, I get a fair
3: bit of requests for reroute,
1: reroute jewelry. Really? Yeah, fairly. That must be like an intense well, challenge. It's not,
3: actually, to be honest, it's yeah. really not hard to make at all. Um, but uh, those people I usually, because they are also in their own mm. category. What yeah. well, are you yeah, talking like, like Base the shaft
1: reroute or like behind the scrotum Behind reroute? the scrotum reroute, right.
3: yeah. Okay. So usually I tell those people like, you know, put yourself in chastity like permanently mm-hmm. for five years yeah. and that's then awesome. come back to me and see if you want that. That's... Because that's... And then I've told that you have to find somebody... I've
4: seen a lot of uh, really big, large rings that were used like, from the urethra entry to the uh, root and that, that yeah. was used as chastity device the same Yeah, I mean, It would absolutely It's like the, the simple.
3: simplest, simplest form of chastity but it's the most hardcore piercing. Mm-hmm. We're not going yeah, yeah, to try exactly to The piercing, world's right? largest
0: PA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: But I just sold one. I have to make it this week. Yeah, I'll show you guys I've made part of it already. It's pretty simple. It's like a massive circular barbell.
0: Hmm. Are you br- basically bringing
3: us over there to polish all your shit? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Put you to word yeah, yeah. here. I'm going to get you a polish that reroute rim because it's titanium and super porous. So it's going to take a while to polish. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when you said that you wouldn't do like, snap-off screws for permanency, you know, there are there companies out there that are like, yeah, that's what we do? or is that just there was not okay in that?
3: it's funny because the guy who introduced me to chastity it was one dude um, he's from this, he was from Florida and he was on BME and part of the whole BME hard like genital manipulation uh, manipulation modification whatever thing you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and he I had made him like tons of princess wands and big gauge stuff and all that and he came to me and asked me to make him... We, we communicated a lot. He felt it out, right? That was like, uh, like year 2000-ish. Mm-hmm. So, and he felt me out a little bit. Like so trying they, to
1: see if he could freak you out or...
3: No, just to see if I was the guy to... Because these guys, right. you know, they're kind of coming out of the closet mm-hmm. in, in a certain degree, you know? Yeah, he wanted the right fit. Exactly, right? So he's like, can you make me a chastity device? And I was like, I have no idea what that is. I like, sure, mm-hmm. you know? And he sent me this magazine in the mail, which was called Forced Womanhood, and it was about men being kind of forced to wear women's clothing and be chastised and stuff. And that company, uh, the company was called Centurion Publishing, and they've been out since the early 80s, if you can imagine. It's pretty hardcore. But in the early eighties, mm-hmm. you know? And the back of the magazine had your typical mail in and receive type thing going on. Yeah. And they sold their own line of chastity gear. But their specific thing was snap off skirts. And these were like really horrific chastity pieces. I, mm-hmm. I have one at the shop I can show. Yeah. Like really people uncomfortable, really, really bad pieces. Mm-hmm. And they were made with snap off skirts.
0: Yeah. Didn't know that existed. Yeah. So I
3: don't think there's actually a lot of people doing it, but yeah. I won't. Personally. I won't really do anything you know I won't do anything that will truly harm someone,
0: you know? Right.
3: I'll make things that provide pain for sure. Yes, I but, saw that. Yeah. <laughs> but not actually like
0: damaging. Damaging. Yeah. You know? I'm pretty sure that's damaging. <laughs> <laughs> We're only
3: damaging by the person holding the remote. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Minor
0: Damaging to my dreams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: there is a there is a company out there, um, called Dream Lover, and they make a uh, a remote. It's a remote device that hooks up to one of the more generic chastity cages on the market. And I've made it, I've adapted it to my cages as well, but it's designed specifically for this more generic piece. But it's like Wi-Fi based. So like you could be in China and I could be here and I could be zapping your cock. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty
1: hardcore. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard. Core. I mean, you never me. text Wait, me back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you never text me back, I think that'd be important. Yeah, totally. yeah no, we'll no, that would be a together. really good
1: reminder okay, like, "Hey, I really need this paperwork from you." Zap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, you, so you have, you you have 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> the most expensive KJ
3: ever made, that guy bought that piece. Yeah. What would, that was
0: that? What was that much? That easier. was $30,000. 30000 mm-hmm. Is that US or
3: Canadian? What kind of time was it? It was we went, Canadian. Canadian.
1: It was $30,000. What kind of time would I know a piece like that?
3: Took a year. Wow. It took him a year Shit. to get it. Yeah, and it has. It was super complex, all like five axis CNC machined titanium, crazy, with multiple components. And I made him a full kit like choker, wrist cuffs, everything. Like you can think of like crazy custom machined titanium butt plug. plug like, but it integrated that. It integrated that piece, that thing.
0: Did yeah. you have to buy new equipment along the way to build some of these pieces?
3: No, some of that I farmed out. Stuff that was too complex for my machines, I farmed it out. And uh, you really got did, did you explain you what, they, what it, it was that, that they yeah. were <laughs> making? It. What is this it's a making? motorcycle part. You don't. <laughs> need no, to I'm that. really <laughs> lucky. I've got one, one, one yeah. machine yeah. shop who's owned by a really good friend of mine, and yeah. if the part's too complex to be made on my machine, he's got a very expensive mill and he can machine
0: it on. So. Have you ever talked to Barry? Have you like went down and toured his facilities? No, well? never. I'd love to, but you know,
3: yeah.
1: Cool. yeah. Let's go check out yeah. your shop. Yeah, let's go yeah. for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks. thanks for letting me record this. This was yeah. awesome. All right, I hope that audio wasn't too terrible for you. I know it wasn't great. So if you stuck with me through the whole thing, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to that. Um, really fun just to kind of think about like all the different things people can do to their genitals to have a good time, you know? And, uh, sometimes that means like really beating it up a lot, lot, you know? So it's just, it's, it's like morbidly fascinating sometimes, you know, all the different things that, that I've been exposed to over my life and over my career, you know? And it's just one of those weird things where like, you know, if you talk to, like the normal average person, you know, who just has like boring old sex and doesn't try anything new ever, like they're they're never going to be able to have a conversation about stuff like that, you know. Um, like when when clients ask me, like this happens all the time. If you're a piercer too, you probably get it. It's like they're oh, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done or the weird, you know? And it's like I, you wouldn't even be able to fully comprehend a lot of the times, you know. Sometimes clients come in where you're like, okay, you definitely trump me on like the, the fetish or kink card or like, you know, you've been exposed to things that, you know, I have no comprehension over. But I'd say the majority of the time, a lot of the people that come in, they just wouldn't get it. You know, if, if it was like, well, you know, let me tell you a conversation about this person who, you know, electrocutes their scrotum to have an orgasm, you know, um, sometimes people just can't really wrap their head around that. You know, they, certain stuff seems taboo where they just think like, you know, oh, that's that's pain or that's you know that's torture or that's negative and it's like yeah but sometimes that's like that's what people want and that's what people need so it's like you know who are you to judge if it's not hurting someone else um you know unwillingly you know uh can, you know consent is a big part of it and as long as it's just consenting adults you know go crazy i don't care if you want to like mash your dick and balls with a hammer like whatever i don't care if that's your decision and you're into it then go for it uh, and that actually is a funny story. That actually is something that I remember seeing a video of back on, on BME Hard. Uh, but anyway, um, fun interview, uh, really fun visit to that workshop. Uh, really cool life experience. So I just want to say thanks, Jesse, for uh, putting that out there and, and kind of making that happen. Thanks, Chris, for inviting me into your, your workspace and uh, kind of showing me, you know, what what you're making and, and talking to me a little bit about your journey. Um, and to anyone out there, you know, if you do have it in the back of your mind where you feel like the thing you're into is some gross weird thing and you just you can't talk to anybody about it just realize that you're not you're not alone Um, there's there's gonna be a hundred other people out there in the world who have uh, the same kink or the same fetish and they might be just as frustrated or, or feel just as alone as you so um, get out there, you know. If you get the chance to go to something like a fetish fair, or to you know get your yourself involved in some sort of a, a kink community, kink culture in in your area, or if you can get somewhere that that has those those communities and cultures, um, do it. You know, do what's going to make you happy. But again, I just want to emphasize, you know, this is for consenting adults uh, who are totally into it on on both sides. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to give the thumbs up to anybody who's being uh, destructive, possessive, uh, aggressive, um, with people who are non-consensual or aren't old enough to make consensual decisions. So uh, that's that's a whole different thing. That's not uh, that's not the the healthy part of what we're talking about. I'm talking about you know people who just like to have a good old time and beat it up a little bit. So um, really interesting to see all that stuff. And I wish everybody uh, plenty of fun in their bedrooms. So next week I'm probably going to be back to some sort of like. Piercing conversation, uh, but uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate you sticking with me through uh, kind of a, a different episode. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like piercingwizardpodcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017. Precision Body Arts LLC. All rights reserved.